Hello, everybody, and welcome to the very first episode of Cinema Rogues. Um, I am your host, Guy Johnson, and I am joined by my brother and uh, editor of Retro Warriors, Pablo. Yo. And uh, our mutual friend, uh, Team Wizards co-host, Andrew Derry. I thought you said Teen Wizards. I did say te- no. I oh, said okay. Team Wizards. Teen. I meant Talking Wizards. Yeah, Teen I'm Wizard. I'm a Teen Wizard at 32. <laughs> so hey, a man. CW Teen Wizard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hi, Sorry. I'm a wizard. I'm in high school. I have a full beard. <laughs> yeah, that's me. Okay, okay, Clark. <laughs> So welcome to uh, our very first episode. Uh, We wanted to kind of bring you extra content, and we all like movies. Um, Personally, I'm a guy who just enjoys watching a movie. My criteria is very sort of, if it entertained me and nothing actively bothered me about the plot, then great. I'm on board. Um, I hate them. I've never heard of them. What are movies? What is this? (laughs) What are we doing right now? It's the moving, talking pictures. Uh, You might be aware of the silent film variety. Ah, uh, yes. Like the man on the, the background. It's like, and there's like words on the screen. Look, those if a movie doesn't have a good calliope background, what is even the point? I don't know. I just don't know. Well, how do you evaluate movies, Andrew? Like, if How do if I? You, yeah, like if you go to a movie, mm-hmm. you don't know anything about it. Uh, do you go to movies without knowing anything about them? I guess that's no. the first question. <laughs> uh, uh, no, I'll watch movies at home without knowing anything about them. Um, but generally, if I'm going to go to a movie that I, I I usually will know what I'm getting into because mainly because I'm paying uh, top dollar for it. Um, that may change because I just got a monthly subscription to a movie theater, so at I may just be house? going to see random crap all the time. Yeah, I guess t- speaking of that, that is kind of this is your brainchild. Um, you, if I, my understanding is right, decided that you were going to have some extra time, and you got this movie pass for what was it Alamo Drafthouse? Yeah, man. Just, uh, How is that? Bucks. They don't offer that in my area. Um, you can get a beta for your for Fort Worth. For I I looked when we were going to JoJo, and they said coming soon. For the beta. So mm-hmm. you can you can do the beta for Texas. So all of Texas you can do the beta for. Ah. Um, it is currently now out of beta in Austin, in like Colorado, and a couple other places. But you can still get on the waiting list for the beta, and it works the same way as not being in beta. Nice. I'll have to sign up for that. I um, like the Draft House. It is the only theater I go to. Hashtag I, not sponsored. I, I, yeah, yeah, they're not a sponsor yet. Maybe. Hmm? No. Yeah. Um. I like it here just because it's uh, I have there's several theaters here in Austin because that's where it started. Mm-hmm. Um, unlike uh, I think Fort Worth just got one. We <laughs> we, had, one we got the we got the NRH one last year, but they've been like in Arlington and Dallas for a while. Okay, cool. Yeah, Dallas has like five or six of them. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, it's okay. one thing I miss about living on that side of town. Uh, the the one in North Richland Hills is about you know thirty forty five minutes. I like them a lot. Um, I obviously will not be eating food every time I go there. I may get some popcorn because their popcorn is with real butter oh and delicious. God. Their popcorn tears apart my internals, man. I don't oh, know what it is. It's sad. But I, I can never get popcorn there. When I do, I get the Erm Parb shake, though. Mm. I mean, tip. I know this is becoming the Alamo Draft House uh, podcast, but... You were just asking, it, so I, I, it I, is, I'm, 
I'm paying 20 bucks a month and I'm getting to watch w- at least one movie or one free movie a day. Mm. And that's, that's worth it to me. No, I, I was just going to add that I love their presentation. Um, yes. You know, at being an independent chain and their, the way that they coordinate, say their, their pre-show entertainment and stuff. What do they call yeah. that? There's a word for it. Um, uh, cinema or uh, s- s- something movies death. Uh, life no, I was just death. thinking pre-roll. Oh, I mean that's like the company or the the tagline they have for their uh, for their pre-roll. Tell you what, the pre-roll for JoJo really got me into Taiko Itidi's early early stuff. Oh, birth movies death. Sorry, is the birth movies death the intros to all of their stuff? Ah. Can't stop thinking about spinal bifida. Yeah, I liked. Uh, I didn't. <laughs> I really did like uh, his. What was it twenty four hour film festival stuff that uh, Taika yeah. Waititi was showing up there? It was. It was him acting as the only actor, mm-hmm. uh, which is is always astounding to me that you know if you don't have anyone to act in your movies, uh, you can do it <laughs> <laughs> by yourself. Exactly. Um. Yeah, I don't know. It's always inspiring to me as somebody who always wanted to be a, a filmmaker as a kid. I really like the ones before Godzilla too. They always play old Godzilla clips. Yep. Um, yeah, I think uh, we, we went to see uh, 1917. So they were playing old world, war, uh, world war one movie clips. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was fun. Um, yeah, but yeah, that, yeah. that's kind of why I started it. Cause I was like, well, I'm going to go see a bunch of new movies. Um, so I'll force guy and Pablo to purchase a bunch of movie tickets. Cause I don't have to. <laughs> so man, be you. Well, I'm getting the beta now that I know it's available. Okay. I signed up for the AMC one because the AMC is close. So yeah, it's fine. And I'm gonna go see Sonic tomorrow with the kids. I'm probably gonna go see that later this week. Uh, yeah, I'm a real good things. I'm a real big but, fan of uh, Ben um, Ben Schwartz. Ben Schwartz. Yeah. Uh, uh, he's John been on, uh, Yeah, he's been oh, on yeah, Game yeah, Grumps yeah. a few times. He seems like a real chill dude. I, cool I like guy. him a lot, and I, uh, I mean, I liked him from Parks and Recreation. John Ralphio oh, yeah. is one of the the best side characters in that show. I hate John Ralphio so much. Yeah. Oh my god! But it's in a good way, right? Him. Like I, ha- I hate him as a character, but it's it. I, I appreciate that he annoys me. I was watching, uh, I was watching like a, a YouTube compilation of a bunch of his like best parts, mm-hmm. and it just made me feel bad for him. Like, no, no. like he's a really annoying person, but I feel bad because every single clip is like somebody not Tom Haverford going, I hate you or I want to punch you in the face <laughs> or get away from me. And I'm like, God, he's just like he's just naturally annoying. And I feel bad that everyone hates him, even though he is just annoying. Um, you know, he yeah. does. A, he writes a lot of jokes for a lot of different movies. I think he said he wrote six or seven jokes for uh, that Star Wars movie. Oh, is he punching them up? Punching yeah. up those jokes? I, I think the last uh, Star Wars movie? Yeah, the one that just came out. They had too many jokes, man. Yeah. You know, and you know, thank speaking you're, thank of our friend of, uh, Ben Schwartz. Parks and Rec, Jenny Slate is fantastic. She is she is more irritating than John Ralphio. That's true. As as uh, as he says, she's the worst. <laughs> she's the worst. <laughs> she's uh, but yeah, show. so this show is starring us three. Uh, us, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, this. I think this is the first uh, Retro Warriors 
network show that does not have Justin on it as a regular person. He gets yeah. too much attention anyway. He doesn't need to, he doesn't need any more attention. Yeah. I mean, his head is basically inflated. The most giant thing I can think of right now. Look yeah. at me. My life is awful. I host eight episodes a month. <laughs> yeah, you know the uh, you, you know the the Mario Party game where you're inflating a balloon. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's basically the, what we're doing to him. <laughs> no. Yes. <laughs> yes. Anybody have any needles? You need to take this guy down. And- <laughs> <laughs> um. So if you guys do want to, if you have movies, uh, I. I think we we were saying that we didn't really necessarily want to focus on new movies all the time, so we we can look at older movies. Most I'm of us have subscription programs. I'm absolutely planning on making you two watch Strocheck at some point. I have no so, idea what that is. It's good. Uh, it's a film by Werner Herzog. Werner Herzog, the uh, guy who's like, yeah. "Let me see the baby." That guy. What is it, what is it called? Uh, Strocheck. It's really good. Stars Bruno S. Yeah, my girlfriend's real into Warner Herzog, so I'm down. That works for me. It is probably one of my all-time favorite films, and watching The Joker just made me want to go watch that movie. Well, if that, if it's if it's going to be like a competition of us, not competition, but if it's going to be like forcing each other to watch movies, uh, I'm going to make you guys watch The Great Race. Oh, please do. Yeah, that sounds so like ni- fun. The I'm always down. Sixty-five. Uh, movie see because my major problem is uh i love whenever i watch a movie i usually end up loving it uh no matter what the movie is the problem is i never want to start watching a movie so having an excuse to start watching a movie is good for me i mean it's a bit long and it stars natalie wood tony curtis jack lemon and peter falk so it's it's definitely like star-studded cast for for 1965 Oh yeah! So for I everybody who's listening, one of those names. We have no idea how many episodes we're going to put out, but it sounds like about fifty a month. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm cool with that. You guys, uh, I mean, down? don't don't put that on me, but don't you put that on me, Ricky Bobby? <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Uh, we're not, so if you do yeah. have a suggestion, please drop it in our Discord. Uh, hit us up on Reddit. Uh, anywhere we are, just send us a suggestion. We might do it. Um, this is really something that we are going to do as we have time. Um, you know, we, we want to bring you extra content and it, it's pretty exciting to, to kind of have an idea and, and, and somewhere to go. Yeah. But, so, you know, if you are listening to this, obviously you're one of our patrons. Um, well, did we decide that we were going to do a free patron feed for it? Like, I don't, I don't know. I, that, I mean, that's I what know. we talked about. So I think currently right. that's where our headspace is at, but I think Justin has to figure out if we can actually do that. All right, so either you are one of our patrons, which is also fantastic and amazing, or you are somebody who signed up to our Patreon feed and not giving us money, which is, again, fantastic and amazing. Thank you very much. Yeah, but I think um, you still have to subscribe to a $0 feed on the Patreon to get it. I don't think you can. Yeah, I don't think you can either. So we'll have to figure out how it goes. If anything, yeah. this will probably be on the lowest tier. So more content for you you so you know so going into this very first episode a very hearty thank you everybody um again without you it this wouldn't happen so awesome thank you so we Um, could blame it on you blame it on you all right we kind of talked about movies we've seen but i really want to get to to uh this one here that says star wars one rewatched jar jar sucks 
Excuse me? Yeah, so... Um, That's I had how noticed... we're starting out our show, is shooting on <laughs> Star Wars Episode One. I had noticed that uh, you guys were talking about movies that you had seen this week, and uh, earlier, a few days ago, I decided to watch Star Wars Episode One because I haven't seen it in 15 years. And God, it's as bad as everybody says it is. Oh, it's, oh, it's terrible. Have you seen, uh, not to talk about another reviewer on our show, but have you seen the, the Plinkett reviews on YouTube? I have not. Yes, they're disturbing. They're great. I mean, they're, but they're on point for. No, they, I'm sorry. Yeah, they are absolutely on point and amazingly uh, insightful into the uh, deconstruction of specifically why they are terrible. Um, you know, how the writing is terrible, how the editing is terrible, how it, it's, it's amazing. It's in a complete deconstruction, but if you haven't seen it, uh, it's interspersed with slices of him kidnapping and forcing a woman to yeah, watch the, this review the or this movie with him. Yeah. Uh, but it uh, is two hours long also. <laughs> so it's longer warning. than the movie. It's yeah. fantastic. That uh, so everything after the podcast race, including I mean, sorry, the pod race, including <laughs> the pod race itself, is good. I really like the pod race. I really like the Darth Maul fight. I really like how it wraps up at the end. But everything before the pod race is just trash garbage, and everything that Jar Jar does is trash garbage too, because he is. I like the uh, the Gillette offensive. Razor Communicator. The Gillette Razor Communicator. Oh, okay. So the communicator they're using, like that, he plugs in the thing, the blood sample to test the midi chlorians. It's like a lady's Gillette razor, shower razor. <laughs> I didn't know. Painted black. To look. But I'm on to episode two next week. We're gonna see if that holds up. I won't hold out for that. Oh, well, oh. since Disney owns everything, uh, how about you, Andrew? You seen anything Disney lately? Oh man, you you know it. <laughs> You're just looking at my notes here. Yeah, I saw the Aladdin uh, remake on Disney+, Plus, and I also saw the Lion King remake live action for both of those. I guess, actually, Lion King is more of a uh, updated animated version because it's not live action. Were they any good? <laughs> um, the Lion King was surprisingly, like, almost a shot-for-shot shot remake of the original yeah. with some changes. That. Um I wasn't a huge fan of some of the song changes that they did. Like they both movies changed. They made some of the song portions spoken word instead of singing, which I didn't really understand. Um, also, I wasn't a huge fan of like Beyonce's flourishes in her song because she was doing like pop star versus musical. Hmm. Oh, that's um, always annoying. And that was, I mean, it was different. Yeah, not, necess- the, uh, not necessarily sorry. bad. I was just saying, I saw the Lion King remake uh, when it first came out. Um, it, I agree. It was it, it was it was okay. You know, it was good enough, I guess. Like I, I really kind of feel like they could have just, they probably could have just used James Earl Jones's original voice work and just popped it into this one and paid him for it. <laughs> like I don't <laughs> I think it would have made James Earl Jones to reprise his role. He did. No, they did. <laughs> That's oh, why they, they could have just gotten they could have just taken the original voice acting and like digitally remastered it and just put it into the movie. Yeah, I don't think any of his inflections were any different. No. It was <laughs> Yeah, I'm pretty insane. sure he did the same thing. Uh Aladdin I had some issues with because it felt like they kind of re- removed the charm of the animation. Mm. So 
like I didn't have a huge problem with any of the acting except for I feel like Jafar was casted incorrectly um and ca- casted too young hmm. um it, it's just like he's kind of an old guy in the cartoon I mean right? in the in the animated movie he's older or he feels like he's in his like 50s or 40s and the guy that they casted felt like he was in his like 30s and they they didn't have like my favorite Jafar character is like the old crotchety dude that's in the jail cell and that's completely yeah. out of the movie. Um, what? Yeah, that's not in there at all. Oh, my instrumental stuff? character. <laughs> I mean, you are, but I have no intention of watching it and being like, oh my god, I can't believe you spoiled that for me. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of the stuff that I really liked the chemistry between uh, the genie and literally every other character is gone. Um, like in, in the animated movie you had like the genie sees the magic carpet and he goes rug man. Like they know each other and that they've known each mm-hmm. other for a long time. There's none of that in the movie. Uh, the, the, the magic carpet is not a character. It's just a magic floating carpet. Um, um, Abu is not a character. He's just a monkey. Um, Iago talks, but is not a character. He's just a talking bird. Um, it, it they stole they, they stole a lot of the character out of the movie. So like the characters that you fa- fell in love with as a kid, I feel like uh, nostalgically are not there any longer, and they're like the animal characters or the magic characters. Like you still care about. Aladdin and Jasmine. Um, sure. The Sultan is not... I feel like I'm doing like a whole episode on this now, but this, the Sultan is not a goofy, dumb idiot. Like, he's a, a regular Sultan. <laughs> and Damn so it. he no longer has character. Like, his character is not really there. He's just like, well, I just want my daughter to marry somebody so that way she can have a husband, I guess. So... Yeah. I don't know. Like, it's... Uh, I don't think... When I saw the trailers and I heard the music, I was very upset and mm-hmm. mad at, um, not mad, but just upset with uh, Will Smith. <laughs> upset with Will Smith personally. No, not, I mean, not like that he, this is his fault and he did it, but more like, just like, well, this isn't what the old movie was like. And it doesn't sound like the same kind of character at all. And like watching the movie, I'm not upset with Will Smith did a, a I think he did a phenomenal job with what he was given and what he was given was fucking trash. <laughs> so I heard, I, I heard that Will Smith was one of the better parts of that film. Yes. And no, I liked Aladdin a lot. I think, I think it was casted very well. Like I said, other than Jafar, Jafar. I think they should have casted Jafar older. Uh, I also feel like it's weird that Alan Tudyk keeps getting Disney, uh, <laughs> Roles, animal roles, animal roles where he doesn't like because, uh, literally, literally, Iago in that movie, he's not even called Iago, like, uh, Jafar calls him Bird the entire movie, mm. so he don't even, he is technically not Iago, I guess. Um, I just like the more you discuss this, the angrier you're getting. I, I am how getting it's ups- ruined your childhood, like, it hasn't ruined my child, it's just like. I watched the I watched the Aladdin movie probably like two or three months before I watched the remake, mm-hmm. and I just like how upsetting it is that Disney keeps remaking like live action remaking it and not 
leaving in the uh the animated animal characters we're in a day and age where we can literally do anything we want with cg at this point mm-hmm. and they're deciding to try to keep them like they're they're uh they're christopher nolan batmaning the disney universe where they're trying to make it realistic and like it, it, but then they got yeah what the lion king Right, right. Where it's not realistic, they're all talking animals. They all have personalities. They're all basically people. But or the, or the Jungle Book. Like, imagine if the Jungle Book was just a, like a lion going rah. Yeah, like it doesn't make any sense that they're not giving these animals personalities like they used to. Like a boo is basically just a monkey that doesn't like. I don't know. There, whenever he got turned into an elephant, there was no. Um, I don't know. There was there was no no. You didn't give a shit. Like, you didn't care about it. <laughs> like when he gets turned to an elephant when you're a kid, and it's like, oh no, Abu's no longer a cool monkey. Like he's now an elephant. In this movie, it's just like now he's an elephant, I guess, and now he doesn't have to talk anymore or do anything. Well, yeah, because even when he's an elephant, he still had a personality. Right, and and I think the problem that I had with it was whenever they're doing the Prince Ali song, whenever they're coming into Agrabah and they're, and they're going to the, the palace, um, mm. I don't obviously don't expect Will Smith to try to be Robin Williams. That is not a realistic expectation. I don't think anybody should expect that. But I okay. still would expect Disney to do like the kind of stuff that he did where he's like showing up in different areas as like the old man or the goat or the, like, the, like he shows up at the, as the lady at one point. Mm-hmm. But he's not like magically zipping around the scene. He's staying in one position and dancing. And I'm mm-hmm. like, he's literally supposed to be a genie that can do whatever he wants. And you're you're stifling what he can do by not writing it or directing it better. I also feel like Guy Ritchie was a weird choice for an Aladdin <laughs> movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, not usually someone you associate with a Disney movie by any stretch of the imagination. That's my problem. And I still, I had an issue with, uh, my issue with Aladdin with the, the, the singing was for some reason, it really pissed me off. Um, the, the riff raff street rat song that he does by himself up in like the reprise that he does up in, yeah. uh, like his area in the movie, like in, in the, in the original Disney movie, he sings riff raff street rat. But in the yeah. remake, he goes riff raff street rat. And then he starts singing. And I was like, why did you change it? There was nothing wrong with it. You know what? That was the problem I had with the Les Mis movie. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I enjoyed the live singing, but I felt like it, detracted from the experience i don't know maybe because it wasn't on a stage or or whatnot but it seemed like a lot of uh a lot of it was more spoken than sung there's a lot of problems with the lame is (laughs) (laughs) maybe we can get into all this at a different time but uh, yeah because clearly we will talk about any movie at any time but that's um, true but the the aladdin movie yeah it was uh just like all i haven't seen the the live action cinderella movie i don't think i will mm -hmm. um but the beauty and the beast movie was also disappointing Hmm. so we'll see maybe they'll get it right eventually Hey, it looks like we both watched 1917. We did, and that is a phenomenal movie. If anyone hasn't seen it, if it's still in theaters, 
which I believe it is at a uh, not a wide release. But uh, yeah, I know there were at least a couple of showings at the Alamo Draft House. That's that's where we went and saw it up here yeah. up here in Fort Worth last week. So, um, um, yeah, just beautifully filmed. Really impressive the way that they did it. it. They made it look like it was one shot. It was not. Um, yeah. But yeah. <laughs> oh my God! Could you imagine if they had actually managed to choreograph that? I, I mean, I, have, clearly you can't. Have you watched the behind the scenes for that movie? You know what? I haven't. Um, but I realized probably about halfway through the movie that it was you know like one shot. They um and, they carved out so that. It's it's not necessarily one shot like they had cameramen coming in behind other cameramen. Sure. I started looking like while I was watching I started looking for places where they could make edits where like characters went off screen or the the the, the motion was static or it enough. went behind a tree or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um but they they did actually physically carve out the entire path that they walked. Oh yeah, no. I I imagine that they did. I just um and none of it was yeah, a, a sound stage like it was all outside yeah it was all over yeah, it was fantastic i i didn't realize that the 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 main character not the main character but the 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 brother right that mm-hmm. they're um trying to get i didn't to. realize yeah i didn't realize that was tommen not the one they're trying to get to the one that uh gets sent oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah i didn't realize that was tommen from game of thrones till i went and, two game uh, of thrones characters in that movie yeah yeah richard madden that was a nice surprise. Yep. Um, but that is a phenomenal movie. We're not going to talk about it in great length here, but uh, I'm sorry I kind of gushed about Aladdin. That's um, no, fine. It, you, you're passionate. It's fine. Uh, but yeah, 1917, uh, definitely go see it if anyone has not seen it. Uh, phenomenal, phenomenal movie. And uh, I guess uh, Birds of Prey, what were your thoughts on that one? I oh, yeah, I thought it was hold, hold okay. on I'm sorry let me ask that a different way what did you sort of expect going in and then how did it live up to or disappoint those expectations I expected it to be a DC movie which is what that means is not as good as a Marvel movie mm-hmm. um, but it was a good movie I would say second best DC movie to uh, Shazam being the first best movie. Okay. Um, but it is not a good comic book movie. In what sense? Um, Victor Zaz is a psychopath. He's not anyone's lackey. He's never been anyone's uh, sidekick. Um, uh, he's a sidekick in, in that movie? He is a sidekick to Black Mast. Um, what they did with Black Mast, I'm okay with. I'm I'm not going to I don't want to spoil anything so I don't want to I wasn't sure. okay with the ending cuz they nine I'm going to spoil <laughs> some things. They 90s bat they bought 90s comic book movie it where they killed everybody. Um so uh, yeah. So like they, uh, I don't know. So I have a problem with like killing villains cuz it's like you don't kill villains they just go to jail or they you know go off into the shadows and come back later. Um in so I have a problem with that, but but Victor Zaz is never a uh, anyone's. He's just a dude that kills people. Like that's literally he's, all he is. He's um, like one of the most chaotic characters in the comics, right? Yeah, he's a he's a literal psychopath. That's all he is. Um, yeah. so the fact that he was like somebody's lackey and kind of like was somewhat intelligent, or like Victor Zaz is intelligent, but 
I don't know. Was he in? Was he a character in Gotham? Gotham what? Or whatever the Fox show is. I never, I never watched Bruce that Wayne. show because it made me upset whenever I tried to watch it. Uh, yeah. I think if I'm remembering right, he was like I'm not really that familiar with like DC Source except for like the Flash. Yeah. Um, but I believe he's in that show, and in that show, he's a lackey. I think that's the hard part is I'm super invested in a Batman stuff. So whenever, mm-hmm. whenever there is a Batman related movie that appears, um, like I try to give it a grain of salt. Like I was given, I've stopped being hard on like harsh on bat, like new Batman. So like, um, I always get his last name, Pat or Pat and Robinson. Um, Robert Robert Pattinson Robert Pattinson god damn it Cedric Diggory yeah good actor very handsome Robert Pattinson uh I I do not uh I have no expectations for him to be Batman in the sense that I do not have any negative expectations so I don't he's the Twilight (laughs) I don't want to talk about that (laughs) I uh I'm I'm looking forward to him being Batman. I'm looking forward to the cast that's been projected. I'm afraid mm. that they've casted three villains for his movie, which is the Spider-Man, uh, old Spider-Man 90s and or not 90s, but or, you know 2000 Spider-Man, where they're like, we gotta have three villains in every movie, and it ruins everything because there's too much stuff happening all at once. So I'm kind of afraid that's gonna happen again. Um. But anyway, how would they get, sell toys, Andrew? I don't, okay, really, yeah. that was just the third Spider-Man movie where they had like three villains, though, right? They always the have second, second one. It was too. just Doc Doc the, Ock. Nope. There's always was two. Who in the second one? Uh, there was someone. There's always two to three Spider-Man villains until Marvel took control. Um, and even then, I guess there's multiple. Anyway, let's get back to I Birds of Prey. I disagree with you. Whatever. All right, <laughs> okay. yeah, Birds of Prey. Birds of Prey. Probably should, or now officially known as what, Harley Quinn colon Birds of Prey or something? Yeah, they changed it because it wasn't doing well as Birds of Prey and the Emancipation of Harley Quinn or Fantabulous Emancipation of Harley of one Harley Quinn, which is the name of the movie when you go see it. But when mm-hmm. you actually go to a theater and you're looking at it, it says Harley Quinn first to try to get people in. Um. I thought they, so for one, the the girl in the movie, the young girl that uh, everyone, that the movie's kind of focused around, mm-hmm. um, she was diminished by the movie because she is um, in one universe, a bat girl in another ver- universe. She is the daughter of Orphan. Also, she is named Orphan and she is a assassin vigilante. Uh-huh. At the age that she is basically in the movie. Okay. So that felt like it diminished the character from the comics to just a pickpocket. Uh, See, as somebody who had no idea, like I I assumed she was related in some sense to Kate Kane, right? Yeah. Uh, And so potentially she was a a Batwoman in a universe or or whatever. Um and so I figured that she w- was obviously uh, an existing comic book character, but having no frame of reference, I was like, oh, this is probably just the origin of who she becomes eventually. Um, I felt like the... I do want to say I do like what they did with Black Mass because usually in the comics or the video games, he's just like stereotypical um, mob boss that has a mask welded to his face. Like I think in the comics in the movie or in the comics in the video games, 
Like his mask is literally attached to his face. Like he can't take it off without hurting himself or dying basically. Um, But I do like that they gave him personality other than just like, not just a big mob boss guy and I'm going to murder everyone. And then, yeah, I mean, you and McGregor, you and McGregor did a great job. So I will say that Um, I I thought uh, black canary. I don't know why they made her a daughter of another black canary since that would technically make Batman old since he was with the original black canary. And the only reason they did it was to try to make a connection between uh, Montoya and her. So it was kind of like a throwaway line that didn't really make sense. If you read the comics. Hmm. Um, Yeah. Again, that's another one that didn't bother me specifically, but I'm also super into like the CW shows where they have like 50 black canaries. Right. Uh, Huntress I thought was done fairly well. Although I think she was used as a, as comedic relief, which I felt was out of place for the character of the Huntress, but that's whatever. Um, I thought, I thought it was a weird portrayal of her. Like she's very stilted um, and and purposely. So, I mean, it's not, you know, a limitation on, on, on the actress by any means. Mary right. Elizabeth Winstead's amazing. No, she did great. Um, I, I do want to say that it was acted very well. Um, I had some issues with the writing. That was bad. Mm-hmm. Kind of basically it. Um, and then I also had an issue with the Montoya character because in the comics, in the, um, in the video games in the, in basically like the extended universe, she's basically commissioner Gordon's right hand person. Right. So she's like, she's not like this cop that's kind of thrown away that nobody remembers. She's like one of the top Gotham police officers, um, kind of just right hand to Commissioner Gordon. So it's kind of weird that they were just like, well, she's like this throwaway cop that nobody wants to be around or whatever. So I don't know. I had some issues with just the, with it being a sustainable to the comics and kind of just brought up my original issues with DC movies, which are please just talk to the animated movie writers and the actual <laughs> comic book writers because they will write you a really good movie because DC, unlike Marvel, Marvel doesn't really make good animated movies. DC does. Oh, yeah. And again, today's day and age with CG technology, just make a movie that they write. <laughs> Like yes, I don't understand why they haven't done that. I yet. don't understand. I, it makes it it upsets me that Hollywood is that it's WB and and DC can't get their st- their act together. Matrix Four started filming. I'm excited. Matrix Four, yeah. For Matrix Four, I didn't sound yeah. excited. Yeah, I, you didn't the, sound excited. You know, I am, I am excited. I am cautiously excited. I would say. Yeah, I'd agree with that. How are they going to bring Neo back? What's yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. How wasn't the whole philosophy like capped on the fact that he died? None of us know how that works, man. <laughs> I guess so. We don't know. It's the magic. They get. I to have a lot it. of problems with the Matrix. There's though, a new. So. There's a new Bill and Ted. There's just a huge Keanu Reeves. Uh, it's his time to shine right now. Good. He's a he's like- a great actor and a phenomenal person. Let's not give him that much. He's a phenomenal person. He's an okay actor. 
He's a he's a great person and a phenomenal person. He's a great actor as long as he has few lines to say. Like the John yeah. Wick movies, fucking phenomenal in those movies. As long as he's cast as that one person. Speaking of things coming back, I'm excited that if nothing else, Star Wars Episode Seven made Harrison Ford say, you know what, I kind of want to act again. He's in that Call of the Wild movie He's in and Call of Wild. Uh, Indiana Idiot. Jones 5. Yep. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> he was in the last Star Wars movie. Yeah, he was. In a mini um, cameo, even though he said he would never come back, but he's a liar. Harrison Ford yeah. is a huge liar. Harrison Ford is the king of saying, I'm not going to do something, and then does it like then six goes, months later. I guess if you offered me enough money, I'll do it. Yeah. That's what he says. <laughs> when he... All right. I'm not going to uh, Rick Also returning, Rick Moranis is uh, officially a... confirmed for a Honey, I Shrunk the Kids series. I guess his, Disney his, Plus. his children are old enough now. I hope True. that's by that... his own choice. He doesn't seem like he wanted to. Well, I mean, because he originally left acting to take care of his kids. Yeah. And that's a, a honorable, honorable pursuit to do. Uh, you know, we were talking about that earlier today. Um, we were watching Too Fast, Too Furious, you know, right. and it's got um, Ava Mendez in it. And we're like, wait, whatever happened to her? She was like hot shit for what, like five years or so. And then she just dropped off the face of the planet and looked it up. And it turned out she like married Ryan Gosling and then stopped acting. More yeah. or less. And, and you know what? We went, you know what? Fair play. If I made a bunch of money and then married Ryan Gosling, I would probably just be done. That's fine. I mean, if I was like taking care of kids, I'd be, I, you know, fine. But I mean, like, Man, don't I, just, if you, it, I don't know. What a, I don't know who, I don't know her personally. So I can't say like, <laughs> I can't be like, no, you need to keep acting. I mean, if that's what she wanted to do. I mean, if my wife, like, she's trying to direct theater, if she became an artistic director, she would make enough money for me to be able to quit my job, and I would 100% do that. <laughs> like, right. I would definitely also marry Ryan Gosling, so I'm right there with you. I would Andrew. also marry Ryan Gosling. You're, you are correct. You know who you can't marry anymore? He is. Kirk Douglas. Oh, that's a terrible transition. <laughs> oh, man. That is sad. I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, in, in, in terribly sad news, by the time you hear this, this will be very old news, but Kirk Douglas has died at the age of 103. No one was expecting. No, it was not unexpected. I it was, it was not unexpected. Uh, sad. Remind everybody us again who Kirk Douglas does. 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Uh-huh. Spartacus. Uh-huh. Um, I don't, I don't know anything else at the top of my head. No. Yeah, lots of stuff. Uh, he was influential in uh, eliminating Hollywood's blacklist. Was he in? Uh, no, who was? Never mind. That was Charlton Heston. What am I thinking of? Anyway, uh, <laughs> Batman footage released of the cowl and suit and the yep. logo. Um, there are also color corrections. It's all in red. The original release. There are color corrections that somebody has done where they took all the red off, and it's just like dark but in like kind of like a, a low blue tint um and it does look uh i would say he has a smaller head but i'm not upset about it i don't know you know yeah, what the problem i have with batman's cow always is hmm. what for some reason they can't figure out how to do the neck properly yeah 
Like, yeah, it's it always was a an massive. Issue. Pr- it was a massive problem in the Tim Burton films, right? Because he would have to move his entire like body over and like, <laughs> to, like RoboCop it. Look over to the but side f- and thumbs up. I feel like it. It was even a problem with the uh, the Christopher Nolan films. Uh, like his the first one for sure. I think they extent, like, made yeah. a meta joke about it in the second one. He had uh, his, his little I don't know. his little I'm, cheeks poke out of the a cow mouth part. Oh my god, the egg helmet from the Dark Knight. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do think it's weird that they've completely, basically abandoned the DC universe, um, just because they can't contractually keep anyone in it for whatever reason. Yeah, because um, this basically means Ben Affleck's out, which he's wanted out for a while, um, and that's fine. But I that guess. I liked his Batman. I don't know. I I I, I like this <laughs> oh, one. <no. laughs> I like this one because uh, the the current synopsis of it is it's more of a detective Batman, which is something we haven't really seen in movies. Oh, that'll be fun. Like the comics. I'm excited about it. Yeah, like detective comics. So, I I mean, unless they say, like, this is detective comics Batman. And, uh, oh, my God, I do want to talk about that here in a second. But, um, like, they they say this is detective comic Batman. And then they say the... Um, the other Batman in the universe is, is different. Like, that's fine. That's cool. Like, that's what they do in the comics. Like, that's what I think that's what they need to specify. Like, the Joker is obviously not part of the DC Cinematic Universe, and that's okay. Um, well, you, you know what? I think they have, with the TV show, I think they finally kind of addressed it, and I think they have a plan. Um, I don't think they have a plan. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. Look, um, I guess spoilers if you haven't seen it. Uh, there was a, a Crisis on Infinite Earth uh, done mm-hmm. on uh, the the, C, uh, the CW shows, right? Yep. And at the end of that, uh, what they left o- over was all the CW shows were on the same Earth finally, mm-hmm. and each like each of the different properties was on a different Earth. So like the DCEU is on a different Earth, right? Um, and like the HBO Max Green Lantern is on a different Earth. Uh, the Star Girl. Uh, HBO Max ladies on a different earth. Um, so it seems like they actually have a plan. They had Ezra Miller come in and make a cameo. So yeah, the it. movies are officially part of the TV canon. So, you know, I think it, it seems like they're trying to do something. I think the issue that I see DC having is that they want uh, instant gratification slash money from what they're putting into it. Mm-hmm. Whereas uh, Marvel has put in the work to build their, cinematic universe over time and it has shown like that's why it it is a quality even though a lot of argument goes into the movies in the marvel cinematic universe are very samey and like there's a formula to them which there definitely is at least there is and there's a formula to comic books as well yeah so at, at least they're putting in the work to put in the the foundation for their cinematic universe where I feel like the DC universe was like Batman versus Superman, then the yeah. Justice League, and now we'll start doing the singular movies. Why you can't know, like, it I just enjoy be the, the DC animated universe? universe. Um, I I just think that the like the Marvel like Spider Man was always my favorite character like growing up or whatever. Hmm. So it's kind of more like oh agree like pull pull towards Marvel. But I enjoy so many DC characters, and it's so frustrating that there's no there that the best thing we get is uh, a network TV show for teenagers. It's terrible. Yeah, 
Right. Uh, they need to get their their act together. Um, I do want to bring up real quick before we get into our topic. Um, okay. <laughs> did did you, you got get two minutes? Did you get the two Ben minutes. Affleck trailer for your Birds of Prey viewing? Uh, yeah, yeah. What was it for though? Oh, 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 oh! It was, it was a like sports a, movie of some a, sort, right? It was a drunk basketball coach movie where Ben Affleck is playing like a guy that, like, I guess his family has either left him or died. I couldn't really yeah. tell. And he is now an alcoholic, and he has to teach a high school basketball team. Yeah, I, I have, I have never had a movie trailer pander so hard to a demographic <laughs> before. Uh, it's so good. Oh my god! And you know what? Sadly enough, I'll go see it. The only way that trailer could have pandered harder was if there was a country music song playing during it. <laughs> oh my yeah. god! I had forgotten about that till you mentioned it. But yeah, yeah, that's good. So, topic topic of the day: Jojo Rabbit. It's a good. It's movie. a movie. <laughs> I liked it. Podcast we, over. Bye guys. Yeah, there you go. Podcast over. We liked it. Get get out. <laughs> get out. No. Um Jojo Rabbit is a movie by uh what's his name? Taika Waititi. Is yeah, that how you pronounce that it? That is Taika Waititi, yeah. I'll be right back. Taika Waititi. Uh, okay. I always get nervous about how you pronounce it. Um takes place in World War Two. Uh it's a, a World War Two satire in the last days of the invasion of Germany. Um that follows a um a little German boy who basically loves Hitler wants to be part of the Hitler youth program and be like uh, Hitler's right hand guy. Um, and eventually he finds out um, that his mom is hiding a young Jewish girl in their house and hijinks ensue basically. Um, and it's about the story of the growth of, of this uh, very, I suppose brainwashed or, um, What's the radicalized child? But I, uh, love... I know going into it, I had zero idea of what of, of what was going on, uh, other than it was by by Taika Waititi, um, and then I loved this Thor movie. Um, I don't know what did you guys have any 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 uh, inkling of what you were getting into? Like I didn't even know it was about World War Two. I didn't know what it was until thirty minutes before I saw the movie. <laughs> if I would have realized it was Taika Waititi, I would have been way more down. Though I love, uh, yeah. I love that guy. He's very uh, cool. He he's hit a new movie of his is coming out soon. Uh, the Good Guy with Ryan Reynolds. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one where it's like GTA Five, and he realizes he's a character in a video game, right? Yeah. Seems yeah, I'm silly, looking forward but to also that. Fun. You know what? The only reason I'm not looking forward to that is because his name is Guy. Oh, yeah, because his name is Guy. It's going to be a thing for like years now. I'm just just not looking forward to it. At least you won't be Guy Fieri anymore. Ah, that's a a fair point. So. Yeah, I don't know. I, um... I I didn't know what to expect. I had had no idea. No, No synopsis. Um... Other than there was, there were there were some Nazi things going on, um, and it started off with a, a, a German version of "I want to hold your hand." Well, I guess it started off with um, just th- this cold open of this kid, um, 
what trying to psych himself up for a weekend retreat. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you guys read any of the script? Uh, I got about a quarter of the way through it. Okay. That's about kind of where I got to. It was, uh, nor your impressions generally of the script or of the movie of the movie. Uh, well, first off, I do want to say that I, I judge all movies, um, from a, what I call the P test, uh, which uh-huh. you, you guessed it. If I can drink a whole jug of pee before the movie ends, it sucks. Uh, <laughs> gross. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Actually, it's if I, I, if I don't have to pee or even realize that I have to pee during the movie, um, then that is, it is a pass for me. And this movie was definitely, I didn't realize or think about going to the bathroom the entire time. So had my, oh, that, see, that means it had my attention the entire time that I was watching it. I uh, see. I took a pee break. Yeah. Um, I, but, but that's not fair. I, I had drank a lot of water that day. I usually do like, too. I have a very, I have a small bladder, so that is a that is my usual gauge for to be fair we were talking about birds of prey mm-hmm. i said it was uh, as much issue as it had with uh uh comic book issues that i had with it still grabbed my attention the entire time did not go to the bathroom it was a good movie but on jojo rabbit in all seriousness uh it's a wonderfully written directed film um just completely engaging the entire time perfectly timed comedic moments even deep in the middle of dramatic scenes. Um, really, That's Scarlett Taika. Johansson, Taika Waititi, Thomas and McKenzie, and Sam Rockwell just all had on-point, perfect performances, in my opinion. Um, and even there was an interview with, with Taika Waititi on the child acting, which somebody asked him like how he casts children. And he said, if you just cast a child that is literally the most like the character that you can get, then the kid doesn't even have to act. So which is usually an issue with, with like child, child actors is I really like that kid. I thought he did a really good job. He did a good job because that's how he cast that character. So he yeah, casted that, that kid as that character. That's some good I guess casting. to be fair, we should probably talk about, you know, the info of the movie more so. Um, yeah, I, I would just say that it's, it's just a, a heartwarming heartfelt story about the humanity of both German citizen and the obvious plight um, uh, of the, the Jewish citizen during trying to survive during that time period. Oof. Yeah. And it's, it's an interestingly narrow time period and we'll, we'll get into that right. in a minute, but, um, yeah, but we, su- we did want to talk about narrow time period. Yeah. Yeah. We, we did want to talk about, uh, who was in it, um, at, at the very least so that we don't have to just keep saying that kid. Um, <laughs> there, there were two kids. There were two kids. In fact, there, there was a uh, Roman Griffin Davis, uh, as as uh, Johannes Betzler, uh, best better known as Jojo, also known as Jojo Rabbit by some you know jerk kids at a at a at a Hitler youth camp. Yeah. Um, Thomason McKenzie as Elsa Kor, uh, the the Jewish girl we were we we're talking about who uh, uh, Jojo's mom is trying to hide. Yep. Uh, Jojo's mom played by Scarlett Johansson and was absolutely fantastic in the role. Her performance is really good. It was very interesting. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. Not um, like uh, not like I've ever seen her in anything before. I mean, I've seen her in a few things that I, I I really honestly. Well, she had a specific cadence going on. Have no complaints with her acting in anything that I've ever seen her in. That's true. Yeah. 
It's also true. Beyond Black Widow, obviously. Oh, what what did you think of of, of Elsa uh, as a character? Thaddeus. What was her name? Elsa. Elsa. What? The actress. Yeah. Thomason. Oh, McKenzie? Thomason. Thomason. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she's. She was good. I liked her a lot. Um, she's I, I enjoyed been in... the way they introduced the character um, and the, the way they, they, they framed that entire scene as, oh, as yeah. a horror movie. That was very <laughs> uh, that was very good. How they had uh, yeah, the child in the stereotypical uh, this down to the sound the sound design for yeah, that whole and scene. Like the hand reaching around the banister and yeah, and the sound design and, and the, the the angles of the shots. Yeah, I mean the focus length. We're kind of getting into I don't know, we're maybe getting into spoilers territory, but uh, you know, getting into the the horror aspect of that scene reflecting his interpretation of his surroundings and what's actually happening around him because Did up to guys... that point his interpretation of a Jewish person is literally a demon they did a really good job of um they did a really good job of sound design with that with her that character in particular mm-hmm. uh and jojo's uh, uh what is the word i'm thinking of perception of that character uh, because in the, like you were saying in in the early shots, there's horror music. In the mid shots, the music changes a little bit more melancholy. And then at the end, you get this sort of heartwarming, romantic comedy style ambient music. Well, let's. Uh, not, I think. Go ahead. Sorry. I, no, I I was just I think. I think for me, like she's one of my top characters in this movie, and then also, I, I just the runaway star of this movie for me uh, is Taika Waititi as Hitler. Yes, yeah. Hitler. Well, I mean, he's always good. It's the most ridiculous, amazing, um, you know, told from the perspective of a child version of Hitler. I I can't get over it. I mean. I don't want to, and this is, I think most of my comments for this movie uh, about characters are, are hopefully not going to be spoiled based, spoiler based, but mm-hmm. um, Taika Waititi's representation of Hitler is completely Jojo Rabbit's um, represent, representation of self. Mm-hmm. So everything yeah, that he said is obviously an imaginary character, but the, the more you kind of think about the way it goes and we'll go about it more in the spoiler section. Um, but the, the things that Hitler says reflects what he's thinking. Um, yes. but acted perfectly. It's fantastic. And then rounding out the cast, we have, uh, Sam Rockwell so as, uh, as a, as a disgraced captain, an army officer uh, who who has uh, been demoted to running a Hitler youth camp because uh, he got half blown up, more or less. Um, you got Rebel Wilson, uh, who is I, this character. I, I I don't know how to describe how terrible she is as a person. I'm not a huge fan of Rebel Wilson, um, but and I don't know if it was more of perfect casting, but she I thought she was great in this movie. Yes. Yeah. Um, Alfie Allen uh, is a, a second in command, and and it, you can tell he looks up to to Sam Rockwell's. Uh, we'll talk about captain. that later. Yeah, but yeah. 
And then, and then another one of the stars for me, Archie Yates, um, as Yorkie, Jojo's best friend and the single most adorable character I've ever seen on screen. Yeah. He is the, uh, I would say he's a, he's a fan favorite. He's me. definitely, definitely some of the best comedic relief in that film for sure. Uh, he shows up during for... some real tense parts. Yeah. Yeah, it, you know, and it did a, uh, you know, we'll get into this more. I, I think it did a great job of building tension uh, and and having having those releases, or also having light moments that were suddenly super tense. Yes, um, that that balance was and push and pull was really great. Um, and uh, you know, I, I I think we we've kind of rounded out that it was a great movie, and and as such, it's won several awards. Um, through the award season, um, mostly we're talking um, production design, um, adapted screenplay. Um, as far as uh, major awards, the Writers Guild it won Best Adapted Screenplay. Um, really, it's won a bunch of screenplay, cinematography. Um, honestly, just screenplay awards is is what we what we're looking at here, <laughs> um, and it obviously won best adapted screenplay here at the Oscars. Yep, nominated in six categories, won one. Um, should have won more. Travis, yeah, I agree. <laughs> I haven't seen Parasite, which won best picture, but uh, everyone that I've spoken to, I know one guy that I work with is who's seen it six times in theaters. Mm-hmm. Parasite. Wow. Yeah, which won Best Picture. So it's probably what I will try to see also this week, but we'll we'll see how it goes. So, and if you want to catch it um, uh, after listening to to uh, this episode, uh, you can. It's still out in theaters, probably for a little bit longer, uh, especially getting an Oscar bump. Yep. Um, it's definitely it's available for purchase uh, digitally, and will be available on physical media and uh, rental on the eighteenth. Uh, which may or may not have happened by the time you hear this. I bought that film on the way home from the theater. <laughs> nice. I liked it that much. So I, I liked it that I much. Guess, I don't think I could, I could swing it this month, though. I guess if you had to round it out, before we get into spoilers, if you had to give it a recommend, not recommend, uh, what would you say, Andrew? I mean, I would say right now, while it's still in the limited release, it is definitely 100% worth it to go see it in theaters on the big screen um get a nice bit of popcorn um if if you're not able to go to theaters or you don't want to you know if it's going to be you and and someone special with you or something like that um and it's the same price to buy digitally go ahead and pick it up Uh, this is a a hundred percent a definite watch and purchase for me but you probably you agree with that yeah i'd say it's a perfect movie five out of seven cinnamon rolls (laughs) It's what we're uh, using. How can it be perfect? It with cinema you know rogues. What? I don't even want to know. I don't want to know. Um, it rhymes I agree with cinema with rogues. Cinema rolls? I thought it was clever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but why five of seven if it's perfect? How do you ever um, get the extra two? Because of the internet, guy. Oh, okay. That makes sense. I'm, I'm yeah, on board. Nothing's now. ever perfect. You know, I was going to search, chase it. Yeah. So, in case it wasn't clear, I you know, absolutely recommend this movie 110%. Um, it was fantastic, very well cast, very well acted. Uh, the soundtrack w- was fantastic. Um, and really, there were a lot of twists and turns in the plot. Um, I-, I feel like I'll, uh, when you expect one thing to happen or to continue happening, uh, immediately things start changing. Um, you know, and, it was and, a, 
it was an adventure. It was a uh, it was a really good deal too because I definitely paid for a whole seat, but I really only used the edge. <laughs> God damn it! I hate you so much. How dare you? Uh, <laughs> All right, so for anybody who hasn't seen the movie, uh, we are going to move into spoilers. Uh, we're going to start talking about uh, so plot Bob points. Put the the alarm sounds like we we you know. Yeah. I'm going to put uh, glaring klaxons. I call them the spoiler klaxons. Okay, that's fine. If you can get a little spoiler medley going, that'd be spoiler great. Spoiler alert. <laughs> We will be ruining the movie at this point as far as story goes. So if you have not seen it yet and don't want to listen, um, go ahead and and get that going or stop We're listening. We're going to ruin the um, entire experience of watching this movie. Or if you're like me and you don't care about spoilers, you're in for... I, I watch movies and TV shows for the journey, not for... I don't really care if I know the ending already. Um, you know, I have man. the same exact attitude. Yeah, I don't. And I, hopefully, you can check the show notes for uh, when the spoilers start. Although, I guess if you're listening to this, you would know this by now. Um, but also, that's dependent on Justin actually putting them in there. So we'll see. Uh, it's dependent on me putting yeah. them in there. I mean, I'm the I, one I, who does timestamps. I work with a lot of people that have are like huge and are like don't spoil stuff for me, and I just don't care at all. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah, no, I way. hate I hate spoilers. Even like five year old spoilers, I get like pissy about i spoiled the great gatsby for my friend once and that's a Mm -hmm. like 100 year old book uh all right so starting spoilers right now all right um yeah so how does the movie open up we we were kind of talking about it earlier um but basically it opens up with him talking to himself in the mirror right i really liked that the thing you were talking about before uh where they played the beatles movie yeah, uh, the Beatles soundtrack over was, was the Hitler support. I thought it was a really genius way to depict how um, that kind of uh, charisma that Hitler had could absorb the entire country uh, without assuming that everybody is also Nazis. Like how they can get how people can get caught up in sort of the moment like- and the minutiae of of, of the excitement. And I like a lot how of sense. literally in the script it says playing this song, showing clips of Hitler and people screaming at Hitler like the Beatles. <laughs> like he literally uh, ex- ex- says that in the script. I wonder if those and shots how perfectly were taken from that came footage. out. It is, yeah, it's all. It's yeah, all Hitler I, support footage. The the Hitler reveal what got me. Like I died laughing. Um, just, just when he starts off just talking about himself and then all of a sudden behind him, he's like, you know, I don't think I can do it. Adolf, like, wait a minute. What? I think, um, I mean, kind of going with what I was talking about before we went into spoilers. Yeah. Um, the, the, the perception of, of his, his perception of Hitler being a reflection of self mm. at, at the, at the start of the movie, um, you know, Jojo, you can do whatever you want. You're a, a really handsome kid, that kind of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of going forward, <laughs> we're going to break it all down because it's all not, uh, you know, in in order. But uh, after the accident, you're an ugly kid, which is Jojo's reflection of self. Because of this accident, he is no longer an attractive child. He's oh, now yeah, ugly. I didn't notice that. He does call himself handsome in the beginning. Yep, he calls himself handsome in the middle or in the beginning. He then calls himself ugly. 
Um, whenever, after he finds her in the attic, um, all of the self-doubt that Jojo is feeling is reflected by Hitler in all of the scenes. And then... There was a lot of... Um, there was a lot of really good foreshadowing in this film. Yeah, there's a lot of good foreshadowing at, at, later on in the movie whenever things turn poorly for Jojo. Um, Hitler still keeps that uh, dictator aspect, which I, I feel like is Jojo's, um, is a reflection of his as like his understanding of who Hitler is beyond you know, at the end of the movie where it's like, Oh, Hitler's dead. <laughs> and he shows up and he's got a bullet wound in the head. And that's when Jojo boots him out of the window. Um, it, it, I think it's just like a perfect representation of self. And the entire movie is, um, I feel like it's subtly from Jojo's perspective and you don't really realize it. It's, oh no, totally. I think, uh, and I didn't know what to expect uh, necessarily from 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 Jojo and his you know his performance like when he goes to this camp at the beginning or whatever right like is he going to be good at it is he going to be terrible at it uh, you really had no idea what to expect and just the sheer amount of how terrible he is at being um, you know a Hitler youth is fantastic. Well, right. I mean, like I the way that, I think that foreshadows his eventual realization that. It's not exactly what he wants. I mean, there's a line at the at the end of the film where, um, uh, what's her name, the the girl, the lady, Thomas. Come on, help me out, guys. Thomason. There's a line in the film uh, towards the end of the end of the movie where Thomason tells Jojo that he's not a Nazi, Mm -hmm. and it felt like the whole beginning of the film was sort of um, foreshadowing to that. You realizing that Uh, he's not a Nazi. Yeah, because he makes a terrible Nazi, right? I mean, the way uh, I the way I kind of put it was this movie is a perfect representation of the romanticized, um, the romanticism of war, and then the slow realization of what war actually is. Yeah, which yeah, I for feel sure. like still is relevant today. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and you know, and it's it's interesting. I think we're we're talking about how 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 short a time period it takes place in, um, and, and at this camp is when you first get this idea that it's the Allies are winning the war, right? So you know it's the last on a week or two of the invasion. Yeah, I've, at least the last couple months. I would say it's the last couple months. I wouldn't say it's yeah. it takes place within a week. There was some. There was definitely some time jumps. Uh, oh sure. I mean, from from his accident, the healing that it would take from a grenade explosion would be significant. Um, maybe after that point, it's a couple weeks, but yeah. Um, yes. Before then, that's uh, it's a little bit further than that. <laughs> I had uh, that that whole scene took me completely by surprise. I had no clue that he was going to grab a grenade and throw it. But as soon as he did, I was like, it's going to hit a tree. <laughs> I like, I uh, didn't see it hitting him coming. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say I saw it hitting him. Um, I do like how Hitler runs and he doesn't. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, like maybe that's him telling himself to run, but then he can't move for whatever reason. I also enjoyed how the, the captain, um, what was his name? Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell's character. Yeah. His character. I like how he had very similar injuries to Jojo. So it's sort of, uh, made their characters a little more parallel to each other. Yeah. Which I, I found it was was pretty cool because it to me at least it showed how a character like Jojo can uh, uh, like you're saying romanticize this whole Hitler movement and then end up in a place later in life where he has made himself this thing but not might not necessarily want to be there right because there's the whole scene where they're burning the books where um for a second you see uh sam rockwell's character kind of looking melancholy at the books as if he was realizing hey burning books is not a great thing well i mean at, to, to not not to jump ahead or anything but but i am but i mean sam, <laughs> sam rockwell's character and his uh side character with uh alfie allen are obviously a, a gay couple Yes. And that is why during the movie he shelters Jojo and, and kind of takes care of him because he understands what he is taking care of. Yes. Um, yeah. I think we kind of skipped the plot. Uh, just as a plot, plot synopsis, it is a, a story about a boy who is a Hitler youth and has an accident and realizes that his mother is harboring a, a Jewish, re- Jewish refu- refugee in their yeah, attic. We went over that while you went away. Oh, dude. did you? All right. Well, yeah. Jesus. My my favorite part about that was uh, how he immediately assumed instead of his mother being some sort of uh, a traitor that he immediately assumed she was being mind controlled. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was fun. Which is all kid well, stuff, and in, in the is great. And yeah. and, and it was uh, you know, and that's <laughs> that's how we met uh, Alfie, right? Was and that his name, Alfie Yorkie? I'm sorry, one of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, that's how we met Yorkie. It was at the Hitler Youth Camp, and where we learned the stories that they tell each other about Jews. I assume um, they met each other, or they were friends before. Or that. we met them. I'm sorry, right. together. Um, but yeah, um, just the stories that they they were telling about about Jews, um, and the what is obviously not real. Um, but to them it is, and it speaks to to, to propaganda and, and all those wonderful things uh, about um, you know politics, I guess, whatever. But um, but it comes up because uh, you know, like you said, he, he he thinks that Jewish people have mind control powers. Yeah. Um, and th- I think that's the, the the very first thing that happens. He, he he walks in, he finds her, and he tries to run away. And and we were talking about earlier. How it's it's framed as this horror movie, and and she does seem like a total like badass. Like she jumps down and like climbs and and like uh, holds him from behind. Seems like she's about to kill him. Yeah. So everybody ends up in this situation where nobody can tell uh, anybody else that they know each other exists, right? All three. I mean, them, long yeah. story short, yeah, yeah. His mom can't find out that either of them know because then she'll get rid of her right or they think she'll get rid of her they think she'll get rid of her i or, mean you know because she's her, not going to risk it. there is a yeah. scene where she says if it comes down to you and and 
you know, her child that she will get rid of her. Not yeah, like that think she'll turn her in, but she will find her a different home to be in. I think that's because she assumes that Jojo is going to freak out and not be cool with it. Right. Which he technically does. And the only reason he he's does. cool with it is because yeah, especially at first she threatens him. Yeah. Right. But they work out a deal, sort of. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> a uh it's less of a deal and more of a uh um Rouge. ultimatum is the word I was thinking of. Uh, I, I mean I guess it would be a straight up threat. <laughs> yeah. Straight up threat. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but eventually he does agree to keep her safe if she tells him, you know, quote unquote Jew secrets, right? Right. For this book that he's writing. Ooh. Um, going back a little bit earlier, did anybody notice during the rabbit killing scene how everything was super dreamy and nightmare-like? Yeah, I could see The portrayal that. of the characters and the, the angles that they were using and just how the cinematography was shot during that scene was very, um, it was reminiscent of uh, uh, Nightmares filmed specifically, I'm thinking Nightmare on Elm Street and some other nightmares from different cartoons where... Like the characters themselves were sort of looming over the camera. Yeah, I mean that's a. I would say that's a fairly favorable shot for showing someone that has power over someone else. Yeah. Well, it was that, and the the cadence that they were using when they were talking, it was all very dreamlike during that part. Yeah, I agree with yeah. that. Yeah, I agree with that too. I liked it. I don't know if it had any meaning behind it, but I definitely liked it i do like uh the the person that was tormenting him during his uh his hitler youth before the the grenade portion when he shows up later and he's on a a truck basically saying that he's gonna go fight in the war and i don't know about anybody else but the first thing i thought was that dude died yeah like <laughs> immediately <laughs> and i i kind of feel like that's what you're supposed to get from it is that guy died like he went to fight in a war and died. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, there are a lot of And that's uh, your glorious moments. battle that you're going to. There are a lot of moments like that where it's oh oh no, that's just somebody's going to go die. Um it, yeah. you know, it's that is that is war in Germany. And I think you know getting getting more into so now now the these two characters have a secret. They can't tell uh his mother um, and, and then you have this like nice scene where his mother takes him out for just a day out, right? Oh yeah, yeah. The day the out scene, the out build them the up river. so you can shove them down scene, right? And it's just this nice day out. Um, that is a hundred percent foreshadowing. Yeah, you could definitely tell some shit was gonna go down. Yeah. Um. You know, as soon as as soon as I saw that they were focused like on her shoes, mm. right? It's the like, oh, she's going to die. Yeah. Those shoes mean something. Wait a second. Is this symbolism? Right. And, you know, and then uh, it, it, before, before they went for their day out, they did walk in front of the, the bodies and, and uh, that, are, that are hanging in the square of, of the, you know, German traders, quote unquote. And I noticed that there was a fascination with shoes during the film just in general. There was a lot of shots of people's feet. 
um, specifically the one where they're hanging in the gallows and of the mother are the ones that stick out in my head. But I remember there being a few more that were just randomly thrown in there. Like there was a weird fascination with shoes in the film, which mm. I thought was kind of interesting. Again, don't know if it meant anything, but I noticed that. Yep, for sure. So, anyway, so in this time, the, 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 it's clearly it's going by, and you can see that that there's this balancing act of of you know the um, JoJo's mom is 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 bonding with Elsa. Elsa is bonding with JoJo, uh, making up uh, making up facts for his book. Um, JoJo discovers that she's got a fiance, um, which was an interesting twist in, in into the movie. Um, I, you know, it, it gave, it gave a little bit of extra tension. It made her seem older than she was for me, you know, yeah. like she'd oh, had so more she life was, experience. Uh, she was supposed to be 17. Was she? Film. Yeah. I was not aware. She was supposed to be 17 or at least Jojo's sister was supposed to be 17. I don't know if they, uh, I know that they were similar aged because yeah. they knew each other. They were friends. So she was around 17 for sure. That actress was 18 when she filmed that film, too. She was, so. she was definitely around uh, marrying age at that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Because she was engaged. Yeah. I liked Well, uh, then it's kind of weird that she fell in love with the 10-year-old. She didn't. I don't think she, she fell in love with yeah. him as a, a relationship. She, she loves him like a brother at yeah. the end. Oh, a yeah. Brother. Right. I don't know. It's been a minute since I've seen it. Different kind of love. Different kind of love, family. Which love. I also found was pretty interesting, but we'll get into that in a second. Yeah, absolutely. So JoJo is obviously, uh, and JoJo uses this um, as as a way to write her letters to tell her how he's feeling about her without doing it, and she's not clueless. She understands what's going on, right? Yeah. Um, but it, it is an interesting way for 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 him to express, you know, these feelings that he doesn't understand. Right, Which where is they're cool. coming from or what they mean to him. I thought it was an interesting parallel to his other imaginary friend, Hitler. So I thought that uh, it definitely seemed like Nathan was another imaginary friend and it fit with JoJo's whole perception of how he expressed himself. Well, yeah, that's yeah, true. I can see that. Have Did you guys talk about the comedic scene? Which, Which one? Scene? The best one. The Heil Hitler. Uh, the investigation the scene. Oh, yeah. Where they're <laughs> Heil Hitler. Oh, uh, no. Yeah, no. We're, we're about to get to that. Um, yeah. Like, as so as it progresses, um, you know, again, the, 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 everybody's kind of bonding and you're, you start to feel good about things. Um, the allies are getting closer. Uh, you, you have references to, oh, the, these Hitler youth that we, you know, we were kind of talked about earlier, these Hitler youth that are in the summer camp or, or excuse me, weekend camp are all of a sudden the promoted to soldiers. You see, uh, you see Yorkie's got like a full German soldier, uh, uniform. uniform. <laughs> it's insane. It's like a paper craft. Um, so, so you can tell that, that, you know, they only have to get so much further, right? They only have to live for a few more days. So if anything's going to happen, things are going to start happening soon. And, and, and I, and I like how they did that with that sort of, you know, outside pressure uh, on the plot. Um, but, but as things are going well, you're like, Oh no, what's going to happen? All of a sudden there's a knock on the door and it's the, it's the Gestapo um, saying, Hey, can we come in and look? 
Um, I don't know about you, you know, guys, while, but while Gestapo scenes are always so intense for me. Yeah, I mean, so they, while Jojo and Elsa are sitting be. there playing, so there's no way that she can hide. And so, you know, uh, when I they mean, she has enough time in, to run upstairs, and um, they would have noticed the scratch, though. That's what they look for. Yeah, yeah. According to all Gestapo scenes in movies. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I feel like they could have gone away with it, but. I do like with how how it went, and and I do love the uh, the great comedic break of Heil Hitler. Everyone, every single one of them, <laughs> saying it over and over again to everyone that enters the room. I thought that right. was a I thought so, that was a really great casting choice. Yeah, yeah, like Sam Rockwell and Alfie Allen show up, and each individually Heil Hitler everybody in the room. Right. Uh, it was good. It was good. And then I think then they do like like two or three times where just one person would show up and the whole room would have to go around. Yeah, yeah they did that multiple times where uh, you had multiple people walk in and they were all each of them um, saying Heil Hitler every time they came in. I can't remember the uh, God, the guy. I'm trying to look it up. The the guy who played that actor. Yeah, the, he's the, been in something else, man. I know he has he's been in a something lot of familiar. Stuff. Yeah, he's been in a lot of stuff. It's very familiar I'll face. I'll find it. Give me it. You know, but and was... I know. So, in in the plot of the movie, um, we, you know, we we come to find out a little bit later that that Stephen uh, Merchant. There you go, Stephen Merchant. That that uh, that JoJo's mom is dead, right? Yeah, I mean, you kind of put it in the notes, and I kind of wanted to talk about it. I don't think she died before that part. I think why not? The whole reason for the Gasapo inspection was because they caught her. Right, that's where I'm coming from. But I don't think she yeah. was dead whenever they investigated it. Dead? Yeah, that's probably true. So like I she wasn't hung yet, but she was definitely caught. At because that point. they Otherwise, asked her questions, like where, what, what was she doing? And he said, yeah. "Oh, well, she's been gone longer than she normally has." That was all they needed as evidence that she was not doing what she needed to do. So yeah, I think that I was thought, I think that I, was the tipping point for her to be murdered or yeah. killed. I interpreted that a little bit differently. I figured that uh they they asked that knowing where she was and asked specifically to figure out what she was telling the kid to figure out whether or not the kid was also a traitor. Like they yeah, were I going to get him in trouble as well. I don't See, I, it, it for me it lays another layer of sinister to that scene. Well, uh, thinking that you know she's already dead and hanging, and they are just following up from the information that they extracted before they killed her. Yeah, I f- I felt similarly. I don't know. I felt like sure. that was the. It, it feels more sinister and more evil to me that that is the nail in her coffin for her to be hanged. Yeah, is JoJo's word is what got it, what made it happen. I suppose there's a lot to be left open for interpretation, right? I mean, it's all over interpretation because it's none of it is imp- none of it is actually explicitly said. And I haven't but gotten man, to that Gestapo point in the script, scenes. so I don't know. Gestapo scenes are so intense, man. Yeah, dude, they are, and <clears throat> you know, it, it, but it was also broken by the tension of that book, right, and the Heil Hitlers. Yeah, the Heil Hitlers, and then the 
um, Sam Rockwell's interpretation of her giving the wrong birth date, but saying it was correct. Therefore, the the Gustavo didn't have to look at it because they trusted him. I thought yeah. they did a very good job of foreshadowing that eventual uh, betrayal. Uh, I absolutely had no doubt in my mind that Sam Rockwell's character was going to lie for Elsa, for sure. Was going to what? Was going to lie for her. Yeah. I mean... Because you see before that, you see a scene where they almost throw it in your face that he's uh, he has a homosexual relationship with that other guy. I would say it's implied before that point, but not thrown in your face. I would... Well, there's the scene where... There's a scene where JoJo walks in on them almost kissing. And it, I feel like the way that they framed that shot, it was meant. I thought there was, that was only how two it was scenes before that. There was them dancing together, which is obviously uh-huh. weird in in that aspect or in uh-huh. that time period for their position. And then there was them sitting together at the pool. The pool, yeah, for sure. Uh-huh. Well, there was the there was the one where um, specifically what I'm talking about is when JoJo's mother uh, uh, kicks him in the balls. Right, that was the point where they're dancing with the clones, which was phenomenal. I also love the uh, her hand trying to hand him a gun, which oh, yeah. looks like from the script point of view is was improv. Like she just tried to do. And Scarlett Johansson, that the the cadence that that character had was really striking. And um, at the very end of the film, when he leads Elsa, uh, Jojo leads Elsa outside and copies her cadence. I thought that was pretty cool. I was, so if we want to try to get into sort of close to the end of the movie, mm-hmm. I was honestly, whenever he showed up and he said, we won, Germany's won, um, I was slightly afraid that Elsa was going to kill herself. Yeah, I, you know, I had that I was, in the back of my also, head too. I don't think he said Germany won. He said we won, and I thought yeah. he would. I thought he was going to use it as an excuse to say, like, like walk her outside, and she'd be like, like mad at him or whatever, and then he just like play it off like, what you said, I'm not a Nazi, right? But her the the look in her face meant that she interpreted it as Germany won. Yeah, for sure. I was for sure. I was really afraid it was going to take that turn too. And I, I'm, I'm not I was very glad when it didn't happen. I'm not against unhappy ending. So I think we, I think honestly, we, and obviously hobby Hollywood does it for the purpose of making people happy, but I'm okay with a movie ending poorly for everyone in the movie. Um, Usually I am too, but not when I really like the characters, but I, like I would have bummer. I would have not thought the movie was worse if she killed herself. Like I wouldn't have thought it would have been any worse of a movie. I would have not, I would have been upset that the character killed herself. <laughs> Oh, yeah, but I wouldn't have yeah, thought it was a, a worse movie for it. But I was afraid yeah. that that was because she kind of talked about it earlier in the film. Well, that's I mean that's all Taika Waititi. That's his. I mean he's so good at creating that tension out of nothing. I mean I'm right. sure that was intentional. That whole putting that thought in your head that she might end up killing herself at the end. Yeah. I'm positive that that was intentional. I mean at, towards the end, whenever he's uh. Uh, Rebel Wilson puts the jacket on him so that way he has a uniform. Um, yeah. Well, let's back up just a little bit. Yeah, that's, so like, that's where right we're backing bef- up to. Right before that uh, it, it is when the invasion is hot and heavy, right? Right. And you see Rebel Wilson's character 
like pull grenades or pull pins on a grenade and tell <laughs> tell a child to go hug that American over there. That made me sad. Do you know <laughs> that literally happened in Vietnam? Yeah. No, I know it happened. And probably happened yeah. in World War II also. It's I'm sure that happens in every cruel war. and sadistic thing. Yep. Yeah. And it's 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 so shocking that I can't help but laugh at it, right? Well, that, it, it makes I, you uncomfortable really to a point to where you need to break the tension, which is what comedy is kind of there for, which right. is why I don't uh <laughs> why I appreciate comedy and don't feel like offended when somebody makes a joke about something terrible that's happened. Well, I Absolutely. thought, uh, not to get off topic. There was a topic. lot of great, <laughs> yeah. I thought there was a lot saying, of great representation sorry. of ugliness and beauty through the whole film. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, I, I think there, there is definitely, well, I mean, and very literally so with the like the butterfly that leads to the discovery of his mother, right? Wow. Yeah, I guess I forgot about that. <laughs> it's this beautiful scene where like Jojo's happy, you think things are going well, and then all of a sudden, bam, his mom is dead, and he goes and stabs his friend. Yeah. yeah. They do a lot of that juxtaposition. That's I think that's the entire theme of this film, is yeah. the, juxtaposition, the juxtaposition between ugliness and the ugliness of evil and the beauty of, of, uh, of, uh, 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 innocent love, I suppose, which is what I was trying, which was what I was saying earlier about how, um, she loved him like a brother. He was in love with her in a romantic way. And I think that showed that it doesn't, I think that what they were trying to say was it doesn't matter what kind of love was there. Like all love is love and putting it against the background of war sort of made war way more ugly. And I thought that was cool. Well, I think it also shows that his, his, his acceptance of her love, like right. he's okay that she only sees him as a brother. I mean, yeah, I'm sure that'll was, change, but yes, I understand yeah. what you mean. So it's not, there's uh, no, there's no, it doesn't feel like there's any resentment of him saying, oh, well, you don't, you don't feel the same way that I feel about you. And therefore there's yeah. resentment, but he's like, I feel this because he, in the movie, he says, I feel this way about you, but you only see me as a brother. And she says, yes, that's right. And he goes, okay. <laughs> and that, that sort of ex showed him accepting other people's ideas of what, you know, what should be and how they perceive the I world. Mean, that's right. really what this yeah. whole movie is, is, is him seeing the perception, him realizing that his perception of the world is not correct. Yeah. And him realizing the real perception of what's happening around him. One of my favorite parts, um, sort of related, uh, was when he was talking about, uh, how Jews love ugliness mm -hmm. and, the words that he used seemed sort of like it, it, the way he said it was definitely not this way, but the words that he used specifically and the way that the shot was framed, um, you saw the, when he asked that question, you saw the left side of his face, the side of his face that was messed up real bad. And he said, Jews love ugliness. Right. Um, but it's the words he was using sort of made it seem like he was hopeful that she would look past his ugliness. Well, he was like, hopeful that 
he perceives himself as ugly, therefore she would appreciate or she would be attracted to his ugliness. Yeah. That yeah, exactly. That's like, sort of what I'm trying to say. I like that from a from a personality standpoint, uh the only person who was so brainwashed and, you know, an ugly person there, there was only one of those characters, right? And not specifically who it was, but the fact that there was only one. I mean, in the end you had everybody doing the little things that they could do to, to, to be part of a resistance. And you had, you know, a lot of character growth. Um, you had, you had a, like Sam Rockwell's character taking care of, of Jojo. I didn't uh, realize Finkel wasn't at the end of that movie. Finkel? I mean, he, he was there with, with Sam Rockwell, like in his crazy outfit. But other than yeah. that, he wasn't really in, in part of the resistance. Yeah, no, he he wasn't. You're talking um, about Sam's partner. Yeah, yeah. I assume that he died. I mean, he like, was there at the at the end with with whenever Sam's like sitting there like shooting off a machine gun, oh. uh, or an automatic weapon. He's right next to him. Yeah, yeah. He was there, but he wasn't there at the very very end. Right. When they're all getting round up, so I I uh, I assumed that he got killed, and that's what finally sort of turned Sam Rockwell to the good side. I mean, I think Sam Rockwell was turned to the good side before then, which is why he protected uh, Tomlinson's character. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I, I suppose that's true too. Uh, I th- and again, it's sort of, it sort of runs with this whole parallel between Sam Rockwell's character and Jojo where, um, and again, this might be me looking too far into it, but the fact that he wasn't there and showed that he, uh, uh, he Finkel may have died in the process sort of I related that to how uh, uh, Jojo's mom's died and how Germany killed her as well. I mean, I saw it more as Sam Rockwell throughout the entire film was like, why are you obsessed with, with Jews? Yeah. Like throughout the whole time he's like, okay, what, what information do you have? Where did you get it? What is this? And it's a, a parallel between, um, you know, both, both Jews and, and homosexuals were being sought out by the Nazis and yeah. and both of them were put as, as people that, that should be killed. I sort of thought that they may... Oh yeah, that was another thing I was going to bring up because the whole reason that Sam, Sam Rockwell shows up, I thought was because she knew he knew that the mother had been captured at that point. And so he yeah. ran to the house... I didn't get hoping that to save all. Jojo and got there in the middle of that scene. Yeah, I can't think of another. Re- well, he was already suspicious. Like that was the scene right after he he was suspicious uh, that, or, or he kind of knew that that there was uh, the Jewish girl living in the house. I I I would get more of what Guy said than what you said, because I don't think the Gestapo would have told him. I don't because he had already been demoted multiple times. Because of yeah. the accident, I don't think he would have been a privy to that knowledge. So I would say it's more of the aspect of Jojo keeps saying, "I have this book on uh, information about Jews, and I have yeah. this information that I want to talk to you about." And him going, "I can see that too." Why do you think this is relevant, or where are you getting this information? And him going as a child, going, "I don't know. I just have it." And him going, "Okay, no, you you don't just have it." <laughs> so yeah, I, I could I could see that too. 
Yeah, I think uh, I think overall they wrapped up all the story threads, you know, really nicely. Yeah, I didn't um, really see too many plot holes. Yeah, every, everybody any. kind of got their their moment at the end of uh, their their character's end moment. You had Yorkie who never dies, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what, what I was going to say was Sam Rockwell at the end, mm-hmm. yeah. um, shoving off that. That was the scene. I didn't really, I didn't honestly like tear up whenever he saw that his mother was dead sure um but whenever sam rockwell um kind of tore off his uh his jacket and was telling him to get away and protecting jojo uh is is when i started tearing up i i had sort of a similar experience where i i got choked up a little during that scene but i really didn't start getting emotional until the car ride home when I just was in my head was pelting myself with this whole idea of how ugly the world can be. And I thought the main point of the film for me at least was to drive home exactly how nasty and evil that sort of bigotry and, and uh, uh, line of thinking how evil that actually is. And the fact that they juxtaposed it against this, sort of childlike love uh, that these two characters had between each other and that this character had with his mother and that this character had with his imaginary friend Hitler and his his other friend, how he felt love for all these people. Uh, and they just slapped that right against the, all of this ugliness, the, the Gestapo scene, the book burning scene. And it really just made it stand out how ugly that is and how that is in the world still and it just made me really really sad for the world and the drive home and I, I, I it was it was a really emotional moment for me for the whole ride it was like 20 minutes for the ride home and I didn't feel good until uh, you know I got home and t- actually talked to my mother I think yeah, my mom's always good for that <laughs> what about you Andrew how about your final thoughts I think the cap on it for me was the the whole the whole point of the movie was and i think it was kind of made somewhat to reflect what's happening now not to get super political on the show or anything but your understanding of the world should not be based on the information that is fed to you by your government and as more should be based on the information that you perceive from your own um your own experiences in the world which is what happened to jojo he was fed information that was incorrect obviously there's nobody out there that has horns or in the fact that in 1940 you know like at what 80 years ago we're we're sitting there thinking that there's an there's a a section of the human race that has devil horns sleeps upside down (laughs) is a demon like that information was fed to a population to tell them that this was correct information about a person that they should hate. Right. And yeah. And, and that oh, sorry, is incorrect. That is not proper information. There's nobody that's like that. People are people no matter where you're at. And just because they live in a different section of the world or practice a different belief system or think differently than you are, doesn't make them less of a person than who you are. Yeah. And, and to think- extend your point, to extend your point a little further, I would like to add that, uh, 
I think the scene in the beginning where uh, they were doing the whole the Beatles thing, that it wasn't just to point out to to not necessarily take everything that the government says, but what is popular uh, to not, you know, just believe something because it's what everybody else believes and, and is what is popular. I think this, which the total point of this movie is to show that in the end, the standard person of a population is not at fault for what a government does. Yeah. Because at the end of the movie, Jojo, obviously he has personal experience with having a hidden refugee in his home. But yeah. beyond that, the at that time, the standard German citizen didn't hate Jewish people. Like, yeah. <laughs> and that's kind of somewhat reflected with Archie whenever he's like, Oh yeah, I've got this, you know, this Jew in my house that that uh, that's my girlfriend, and Archie's just like, "Good for you, Jojo." Like, like he doesn't give a yeah. shit, like at all. Like, I thought no, that character yeah. was so adorable, and and the fact that was that, one of my favorite parts too. Yeah, even Sam Rockwell's like didn't seem to care. Like, I, I think the only person that cared was uh, would have been like Rebel Wilson's character who was super gung-ho about it. And obviously there are people that are super in, in any aspect of a, of a war or of, of hate speech is going to latch on to it and be uh, super for it. But I think at the end of the day, this movie is just preaching that you should take your own experiences, not take what's fed to you and really look at the world from a different lens than what's given to you. For yeah, sure. I I agree with you. Uh, you know, I think um, I think it seems like we we all had very similar takeaways, and I think that that kind of speaks to where we are at, you know, in the world now. Um, that that this that we feel uh, like each independently came to a conclusion that the, that this movie was saying something about the world, even though it's based on a book that was written before the world is, is what it is right now. Right? It, yeah. it was written a well, few years of- ago. History piece. That kind of so. <laughs> that yeah, kind of thing is always sure. going to be relevant as long as there's hate. That uh, narrative is that hate is bad and love is good. That theme is always going to be relevant, which is an unfortunate thing, right? But yeah. as long as hate's around, that narrative should be driven. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah absolutely. And so I, you know, I think for my for my final thoughts, I really think that it's. It's a movie that makes you think. I, I would I would highly recommend you know if you if you're on the fence about it, or even if you have no interest in the movie, see it anyway. Wait wait till it's on, you know Netflix or Hulu if you want, or it's a cheap rental. Um, you got a couple of days before it's like three bucks to rent, right? Um, yeah. Absolutely, you know, go watch it. Maybe, you know, just sit back, enjoy it, and see what the movie tells you. And maybe it's something completely different than what it told any of us. Um, I also but, feel at the end of the day, if you're not looking for a political movie, uh, this would still be an enjoyable watch for you. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, you know, it had its moments. It told a good story. It was well-crafted. Um, absolutely. Um, probably got anything last thing to say before we wrap it up. Yeah. I would say that um, my main takeaway that I've said already was love, not hate. I think the entire movie was specifically about that. Um, to me, specifically at least. 
Uh, and it made me really angry at the narrative of hate that's spread by pretty much everybody. I'm not a political guy, and I really, really dislike talking about politics because um, a lot of the times you just hear one side hating on the other. And it to me, it doesn't matter who's right and who's wrong. Just that whole narrative of hating the other side really makes me sad and this movie sort of um brought that to a head and it made me decide that hey i'm not gonna talk about politics with anybody anymore it doesn't matter what they think whether they're right or wrong i'm just not gonna do it because i don't like what it eventually devolves into and i think this movie kind of falls under a um it doesn't make any outward statements about anything that's actually happening now. It's uh, everything that we've kind of oh, yeah, stated that's very true. is, is more of our reflections of what we feel like, Oh, this is what they're stating about what's happening currently. And that's one of the genius parts about this movie is that, um, the message wasn't directly tied to anything that's, that's topical. And yet all three of us, can definitely make a connection to things that are going on in our lives specifically yeah. right now. I mean, everything, the and I think that that'll always be a thing, right? Everything the movie's talking about is specifically related to like 1945. <laughs> like right. that's exactly. when it's talking about like everything right. it, it talks about is, is the end of world war two. And, and it, it doesn't ever um, objectively reflect on current political standings or, or any, any aspect of how the world is today. I think there was one fourth wall breaking untimely reference, uh, but I couldn't tell you what it was. And it was some off side joke that wasn't relevant to the rest of the movie. Yeah, awesome. I, I didn't get and, it the entire time. And with that, we are going to wrap it up. Um, there's a great observation. I, I don't know. I, I lie. I, I, I don't really care about that one little thing it did i didn't even notice it i i didn't notice there were any fourth wall things but um there was it, it was some like call it was a name drop of a more current a per, it was a name drop of a person who didn't exist back then uh, i did not see that at all or catch it I'll, I'll i'll catch it next time i watch it and i'll show you guys yeah. i might be wrong uh, I, I could just not have known about this person i'm pretty sure this specific person did not exist in that time you can you can update us on the next episode of uh, cin uh cinnamon rogues cinema rogues cinnamon rogues. See, it's hard not to say cinnamon rolls it is it's it is your, very hard it's your it's your fault now you've done this cinnamon rolls so, so this movie you've... gets five out of seven cinnamon rolls the highest score a movie can get uh so now you've heard us talk about jojo rabbit uh i, I think it's clear uh we, we all highly recommend that you go see it um oh yeah definitely but uh, you know, we don't. Want, we did want to say, you know, again, thank you for listening. Uh, as our patrons, we we couldn't do this without you. Um, it's 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 nice that you want to hear hear us talk about movies. I guess I I, I don't know. Um, but you know, uh, like, like I said, if you have any suggestions for movies you want us to cover, or uh, if you just generally want to leave us some feedback, or do we have our Discord server? Uh, we got our Facebook page. We've got our, our subreddit. Um, you can leave us feedback anywhere. Uh, if if you want to uh, just subtly let us know that you're paying attention, make some sort of cinema rogue jokes with your Patreon name. 
and uh, get it read on air. And Justin and Saturn won't understand it. It'll and be they'll fantastic. never tell us about it ever again. Ah, so uh, I'll hear th- it. I listen to every episode. <laughs> there you go. Well, thanks, Pablo and Andrew, for sitting down and talking for what hour and a half, couple hours about Jojo Rabbit. It was fun. We should do it again sometime. For sure. Yeah. Any plans for the next movie we're going to see? Uh, not yet. Not we'll currently. figure it out. No, we'll find. We'll find <laughs> out later. Perfect. Uh, anyway, uh, thank you, everybody. Thank you for joining, and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. 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 <laughs>